what does this mean to you right now? I mean, this uh, this is obviously a great opportunity. Um, I love Benton. You know, I've been there nine years, but I've, I, I grew up around here. Um, I grew up playing around here in Hyde Park and, and things like that and playing baseball and things. And so the South End's been a part of my life since day one. Um, and to come and be able to, to take over um, girls basketball is a great opportunity. And, and I'm so blessed to feel like um, I get to have a part in, in what the tradition is at Benton. And, you know, that hardworking, hard-nosed, come to work every day, pack a lunch type of mentality. And um, I love the fact that I'm going to get to instill that in more people and more, more kids and, um, you know, give them somebody to look up to. Um, I went through those same halls, those same classrooms, and I get to tell them those type of stories and go, look, I've been where you are, and we can get to wherever you want to go as long as we kind of um, use each other as a, as a stepping stone and ladder to, to grow. I, I want to kind of go back and start with growing up here. Just how much does, does that connect you even more to this job now? I mean, you've been in football for what is it nine years nine, nine yeah and i mean this this is my my ninth year and um i mean i mean we we talk all the time um with other coaches around and in other places and basically uh, what i tell coaches is you know the south end of st joe's a tough place to coach um because you have kids that you have you have the richest of the rich and the poorest of the poor and um that disparity although we love the fact that it's so dispersed and, and things because those kids learn from each other. Um, they have different experiences every single day. Um, you have the kids that, that sometimes are struggling to the point that they can't afford, um, you know, just the essentials, the clothes, the food, that type of things. And then you have the kids that are, that are affording everything they need and more, um, and they learn from each other. Um, what we say about, about the South End, why it's hard to coach down here is because if you're not from here, you don't understand what is instilled in our kids and installed in our kids from a very young age. Their dads and their moms have told them, you're gonna work for everything that you ever get. Nothing's ever handed to you. And when you get to Benton as a coach, you realize these kids work and they work hard and they don't complain and they come to work every single day and they come with a goal in mind of, of being successful. And what that success looks like to them is different for each kid, but it starts when they're at a young age. Um, it starts when they're four, five, and six, and they're outside helping dad and mom in the garden, helping mow and those type of things. And so the work ethic here is different than other places. Um, but the disparity of the kids you deal with here is so large that it kind of shocks some people. Being from here, I knew what that was gonna look like when I got here, and, and I kind of made a conscious decision to say, look, I'm gonna make sure that every kid feels like they are loved. Poor, rich, white, black, brown, green, blue, purple, it doesn't matter. You're gonna feel loved and by at least one person. Um, and, and so I tell my kids all the time, like, you're loved by more than just one, but know that you're loved by one. And if that's not enough, then let's go search for what else you need. Um, but most kids, that's all they want. They want somebody that, that is there for them and that is going to help them get to where they want to go. That's all I wanted. And that's what I got when I came to Benton. Um, when, I, when I was a student at Benton, that's what I got. I got somebody that looked at me and went, look, you are loved. Um, and knowing that made me want to come to work and go to work even harder. And so that's why those teams from the past have always been successful at Benton because they know they're there for the right reasons. 
um, and they have a goal in mind. That's what you get down here. Do you think, along those lines, if you weren't from here, this would work out as well as it has so far, just from even the football experience now leading into this opportunity? I mean, look, you, you can come from, from out of town and coach here. Um, you know, there are great coaches all over the state of Missouri and all over this country that could definitely come here and coach. Um, the the, pro, the difference is, is very much uh, mindset here. You know, um, our kids come to school because they're playing athletics. Um, and don't get me wrong, a lot of times we tell our kids that we want them to get out of St. Joe for a while and go to college other places and, and see the world um, and, and see this country and things. But most of our kids end up back home. Um, most of our kids come back to the south end of St. Joe and because they love it here and they know what it's like here and it's comfortable for them. And so what we tell coaches that are new to the district and new to Benton specifically is you're getting kids that if you're here for long enough, you're going to see their kids. And you're going to see their kids as kids and you're going to see nieces and nephews and, and things like that. So when you talk to these kids, remember that, that they're coming back. Um, they may leave for a while, but, but eventually most of them come back to you. And so you don't want to put a nasty taste in their mouth. Um, you want to make sure that they know that you were there for the right reasons so they, they feel like they can send their kid to you. Um, it definitely would have been more difficult for me specifically to come from out of the city or out of the South End to coach here because of the way I coach. Um, hearing their stories, I can relate to them. Hearing the fact that um, they're struggling with this, this, and this, and I can go, yeah, I struggled with the same things, and this is what I did, or this is who I talked to, or this is how this helped me. Um, so that, I'm so thankful for the fact that I get to stay at home and coach where I love and coach where I grew up because I don't have to worry about, you know, not knowing what they're talking about, not knowing their experiences. I know, you know, nobody, nobody in my family was ever, you know, quote unquote rich. Um, and we were rich in things like um, love and passion and, and, you know, accountability we were rich in. But with money, we weren't rich there. And, you know, I got a lot of kids that play for me that, they struggle paycheck to paycheck and that's what we did when I was growing up and so it's not any different for me to look at them and go look this is this is normal let's go let's go to work um, there ain't any sense of complaining about it we can't fix it now all we can do is try to fix the future and let's just keep walking forward how would you describe the South End community tight-knit compassionate passionate um, I mean, let, let's face it, we, we played a football game last night and an hour before the football game, we're cutting trees down on, on the east side of the football field so that people can sit behind the, the fence and watch. I mean, these people down here in the South End, South Enders, they flock to, to be with each other. Um, and so, especially during this pandemic, to tell them, hey, you can't be by each other, it, it's affecting them because they want to be there for each other. Um, and when we released that we weren't going to be able to have as many fans as we usually do, um, you know, I told, you know, the, I told Coach Keaton, like, I'm not worried about fans because they're going to line up. They're going to be outside the fence and they're going to be watching and they're going to be watching on, on Twitter and, and Facebook and YouTube and however they can watch. They're going to be watching. They're going to be there. They're just not going to be sitting in those bleachers. 
Um, and it was really cool last night to look up and see, you know, it's not a, it's not a school district employee that's cutting down those, those trees. It's, it's people from the south end that are going, look, I want to see it. Um, and it reminded me a lot, you know, 2008, 2009, where, where there's guys standing up there hollering and screaming. And so to bring that back is, is what I want to do. I want to bring back more of that community feeling and more of that um, intertwined family style. Um, it's, it's there um, and, and uh, it's not going to be hard to get more people involved because word of mouth in the South End is where it's at. Um, the, the one thing I'd say about the South End of St. Joe is this is the hardest working place I've been. Um, these kids sometimes come to football practice and leave and turn around and go to work. They come to basketball practice, they leave and they go to work and then they go home and they do their homework and then they wake up the next day and they do the same thing. And we don't have any complaints out of them. They just know that's what we do, we work down here. Um, you know, we tell our kids all the time, pack your lunch and come to work and good things will happen for you. When, and this is something I kind of noticed too when I got down here. You talk about St. Joe, usually encompass Lafayette and Central. It's St. Joe in the South End. But why do you think it's always been kind of, I don't want to say, it's not an island, but it almost feels like the South End is its own town, city, just the way that you guys are all kind of together like that. Yeah, I mean, I like, I, I usually tell people when they ask me, you know, I have family, family all over the country and they'll call and they'll be, you know, hey, what's the South End like? And I usually tell them, here's the deal. St. Joe is split up into three cousins. Um, and the family in the South End is the family in the South End and we see our cousins every once in a while at family reunions and we root for our cousins. We don't want anything bad for our cousins. But if I'm playing in a basketball game against my cousin, I'm going to try to beat him. Um, and so when we play Lafayette, yeah, we, we want to beat Lafayette every time. Um, but when we're not playing them, we want them to win. We want them to win every single game. Um, we'd love it if every state championship in the history of Missouri would be us first Lafayette or us first Central. Um, I'd be fine with that and I'd love every minute of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, people talk about St. Joe and they talk about, you know, north of the tracks. Um, and, uh, and so when you get south of the track, it's a different feeling. You know, you drive over those railroad tracks and immediately you know that you're in a different style. Um, you're in a place where you walk into Casey's and everybody's saying hi to each other. You're walking through Green Hills and three aisles over, you're yelling at somebody, hey, how are you, you know, how's mom and dad? Everybody down here knows everybody, um, and, and most of us are related, you know, some way or another, we, you know, we were just talking about it, we're related somehow. Um, it might be distant cousins down here in South End, but we know each other and know each other's backstory, um, and that's what I love about being down here. I get to learn about all these people that before me, all these people after me and uh, and kind of point the direction and, and mark A with B and see kind of how every everything fits together. Um, we know all the kids in the north and we know all the kids in Midtown, uh, but when you come down here, it's a whole different family down here. Um, and so that's kind of what I tell everybody, you know, your distant cousins, you don't see them all the time, but you never want anything bad for them. You've talked about, and not just today, but you talked about want to make an impact, be role models for these kids. What really set the tone for you growing up? Yeah, so um, fourth grade, third, four, uh, fourth grade, um, I, I remember I played tackle football my whole life, from the third grade on, um, and 
fourth grade, we're, we're kind of standing there at Truman Middle School, and, and Truman's got the big old hill there, and um, we're walking around kind of on the field, and we'd been told, look, we don't know who's going to coach you. Um, we don't know who that's going to be. We don't know what that's going to look like. For right now, parents are just going to kind of run practice and get you stretched out and things, and eventually somebody will step up. Um, ten minutes before practice starts, here comes screaming down the hill, I'm going to be the coach, I'm going to be the coach, and he's sprinting down this hill and, and uh, out walks a guy that eventually we're going to learn. is The guy's name's Nate Reese. Um, Nate's you know, I'm fourth grade, fifth grade, and Nate's my size, you know, and he, he's littler than I am, and, and he definitely would have been littler than I am now, and he's a Missouri Western football grad, and he plays for um, the St. Joe Explorers and, and things like that, and what he instilled in me is take what I coach you and use that every day in everything that you do. Be a good person. Have a personality that people want to flock to. Be a leader. Don't be a follower. Um, strive for greatness. Go above and beyond what you think you can do. Don't set goals that are attainable tomorrow. Set goals that are attainable if you work at it. Um, and so I, 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 Nate coaches me for three years. Um, and going into my seventh grade year, um, June 3rd of my seventh grade year, I'm woken up by my dad. Um, and, and he looks at me and he says, you know, um, Nate's passed away. Um, that point in time I went listen I have to do what this guy told me to do um, and that is to make everybody that I meet every single day better happier and more passionate about what they do whether that be sports whether that be history class whether that be math class whether that just be making them a better chick-fil-a worker making them a better more passionate person being more responsible accountable um, I mean yeah, I coach basketball, I coach football, but uh, I like to tell people, like, I want to coach you how to live your life. Um, and, you know, we can harp on the negatives all day long. I can tell you how bad my life is all day. But to pick the positives out of negative situations, that's tough. And so what we try to do is teach them how to do that. That's what Nate did for me. Um, and every single day that I, that I live on this earth, I think about things that he taught me. He coached me in. I mean, I named my son after him. Um, we talk about him regularly at my house. Um, and I'm never going to be able to live up to him, but boy, every day I try to. And, uh, you know, we go up and visit his grave often, and, and I talk to him regularly um, while I'm coaching. And, you know, if I have a bad day, I go home and I go, look, Nate, you're going to have to help me out here just a tad. And um, usually I sit there and I go, what am I thinking? I'm complaining again. And Nate wouldn't want me to complain. And so I sit there and I go, well, it's time to fix the problem. And it starts with me. Problem usually starts with yourself. If you start to point fingers and blame each other, it's easy to go, well, that person made a mistake and that person made a mistake and I'm perfect. But when you look deep in yourself, Mistakes are made every single day by each and every one of us, and some of them more than others, um, and some of them worse than others, but they're all mistakes and fixable and attainable. And so um, I look at myself and go, look, stop complaining, and let's get to work. And that was instilled in me in the fourth grade. Getting into coaching, how much have you changed from year one to now? Oh, so much. Look, um, I, uh, 
I was that coach that was going to come out and I was going to make state, make Benton a state champion my first year. Well, you quickly learn that you're not in charge of everything. Um, it's not youth football where you're in charge of everything or youth baseball which you're in charge of everything and especially when you're assistant you're just not in charge. Um, there's also roadblocks you know in youth football there's so many mistakes that on the other team that you might succeed just because they made mistakes well that doesn't happen in MEC football for sure. Um, everybody's very well coached in the MEC and everybody has a goal and everybody's hard-nosed and they come to work every day just like we do down here and so you know we lose our first game and I went, oh my, what happens now? And I went to Matt Tabor and I go, dude, what happens now? We've lost our game. And he looks at me and he goes, yeah, one. There's one next week. And there's gonna be another one after that. And there's gonna be another one after that. And so you gotta immediately have the 24 hour rule. Yeah, you can complain for 24 hours, but after 24 hours, there's another opponent coming. Um, and so quickly I started to change the way that I thought. Um, and so I still coached hard. But, you know, I was, I was going, okay, yeah, win, lose, or draw, we want to make sure that we're getting better every week because you want to be good when district starts. And, you know, you can go 0-9 in district and still win a state championship. It wasn't until probably week five of my first year that I got on to a kid, a kid that still to this day calls me. And, and talks and we text each other and he snapchats me and everything he's got his own son now um, you know I, I get on to you know Devin Burton you know I, I don't remember exactly what happened but I'm on to him and, and it's it's rough I'm on to him a lot that day and Tabor pulls me aside and he says look do you even know his story do you know what he comes from do you know where he's from and what he believes in and I go, I know that he better believe that he wants to be the best safety ever to play at Benton High School. And he said, but did you ask him if that's what he wants? And I said, no. And it was right then that I went, I don't know anything about the kids that I'm coaching. And so I started going around and going, hey, what do you want to do when you grow up? And the answer was not always be an NFL football player like it was when I asked my fourth grade youth team. All of them said, I want to be an NFL player. A lot of times it was, I want to be an electrician. I want to be a plumber. I want to go be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. And I quickly realized, holy cow, we're not teaching and coaching NFL players. We're coaching citizens and brothers and fathers and, and sisters and mothers. And, and I went, I'm doing this wrong. I need to be more involved in their life outside of the sport that we're involved in. And so I took that approach and I've kept that approach for the whole time and I'm never gonna sway away from that approach. Um, people come up to me all the time and go, hey, what was your record last year? And I go, I graduated two and I had two. Like I had two seniors and I graduated them both. That is my record, I am two and oh. The year before that, I had two and I graduated two. I'm four and oh right now. And they go, yeah, but what was your basketball record? Well, we didn't win a state championship and that was our goal. So we didn't make it. Rarely do I even remember the scores of games and things like that, but I remember when people played hard. I remember when people stepped out of their comfort zones and did things that we asked them to do that they hadn't done before. And I remember looking into both girls' and boys' eyes and saying, do you feel successful? And them going, yes. When it's all said and done and you talk to your seniors, do you feel like we were successful in what our plan was it's never been no. 
because our success wasn't on wins and losses. Our success was, you're gonna graduate, you're gonna be a better person than when I got here. And uh, every answer to that has been yes, and I'm hoping that every single answer from here on out is yes, and eventually there might be a no, uh, a person that felt like they didn't succeed in the fact that they are better than when they got here. Um, and I have a plan for when that happens, and hopefully that never happens, but you know, talking to kids that don't feel successful about what it means to be successful. The problem with a lot of people that feel like they're not successful is they're not successful in their goals. But, you know, we've talked before and I've talked to, you know, your whole family knows my whole story, obviously, and um, I talked to them about what success is and success is things that I control. Um, I can control things in my life and there are other things in my life that I can't control. I can control that my kids know that I love them. I can control that. I can control that my wife knows that I love her and that I respect her. Things that I can't control, I can't control if my car breaks down. So if I had a goal that I'm gonna drive the same car for the next 10 years, that's not a very good measure of success because the likelihood is, is that's not gonna happen. I can have a goal that I wanna be a state champion, but there's only one in six classes in basketball. You, you, have, you have 98 schools in your class one of them is going to be a state champion so if i'm if you're going to tell me that to judge my success i have to be a state champion we're not going to get along very well because that's one in 98 chance the, the rationale and the ratio is not met for everybody being a state champion and trying to be a state champion so we have the goal of being a state champion don't get me wrong and we have a goal of being a district champion and going on and at least you know we have a goal to make the final four but how we're going to measure our success that ain't it you know, we're going to talk and, and get the girls' opinion and get all these coaches' opinions and see how we're going to measure our success for this year. But I can guarantee you that it, I'm not going to measure my success on what, you know, the, the wins and losses are. And my kids aren't either. Final question I have for you. Getting into 3D coaching three years ago. Yeah, three years ago. Well, well I'm going to be 100% honest, right? So, um you know, we're sitting there and we get an email from, from Mike Ziesel and Brett Goodwin and they tell us, hey, we want to do 3D coaching. And I remember looking at a couple coaches and going, great, we're going to have to go sit in a meeting for every week, once a week and talk and, and do all this stuff. Man, I could be using that time to prepare for the next game. And I didn't go into it with kind of that open mentality of I wonder what this is about. And we sat down on the first day and, you know, Wes Simmons comes in and he's passionate and he looks just like I look when, he's co when I'm coaching. And I went, okay, maybe this guy knows what he's talking about. Maybe he, he really believes this stuff. And I started to listen and I went, man, I already do most of that. I already believe the same belief system that, that he believes. And as I dove deeper and every week I started to go, man, I do that and I do that and I do that. And then I went, man, I don't do that, and that'd be awesome to try that. And so I started to actually take it in. Um, and I started to take notes, and I started to care about what was being talked about. And the next thing I know, I'm living that 3D mentality even more than I was before. Next thing I know, my computer's taken up by notes and, and sticky notes and tape, and it's everywhere. And I've got three notebooks full of 3D coaching stuff. And then the final question is, you know, you know, make a statement about why you do what you do. 
four days later, I'm like, holy cow, how do you do this? You know, how, how do you make this statement? And how do you sound intelligent? And how do you make sure that what you say is what you mean? And so I went and I talked to a couple other coaches and I got insight. And you realize that quickly, it wasn't just me that was buying into this mentality. It was the whole Benton staff. And it was cool to be able to talk to them and go, dude, we do a lot of this already. Why were we so against it? And so every PD since then, I've come in with, a, with an open mind and, a, and an open heart and kind of went, you know, the likelihood is we do a lot of the stuff we're about to learn. So if we just come in here and listen, you know, we might learn something. Um, and so I've taken PDs on way differently, professional developments way differently, and clinics way differently. And I take it and I go, look, I'm going to go away from here and I'm going to go and use one thing. I'm going to grab a hold of at least one and I'm going to learn something about that one thing. Um, you know, there are clinics that you go to and you sit and you go, man, he's not talking about anything that I want to do. And then the very last second he says something and you're like, that's it. That's the one thing that I'm going to grab a hold of. That's the one thing that I'm going to install in my program. If you get that one thing, dude, that's successful. That's a successful clinic, taking away something that you didn't have when you got there. 3D coaching installed so much. I didn't just take one thing away, it was so much. Um, and you know, my statement and, and things like that was way easier when I sat down and really looked deep and went, well, why do you do it? It's not a hard question. Why do you do what you do? You know, why do you love to coach? Why do you love to show up to Benton every day? And don't get me wrong, there's days where I go, man, I don't wanna go to work. I'd love to sleep in. And then I think, you know, there are 700 kids at Ben High School that if I'm not there, they're going to notice. And then the next day they're going to be like, hey, where were you at? That makes you feel pretty good that, that you're noticed and that, you know, they know that you're there if you're not there. They also know when you're having a bad day. I have kids come up and go, hey, are you in a bad mood? And, no, I'm not in a bad mood. And they go, well, you just look like it. And then I go, man, i got to fix my face, right? i got to fix the way that I look because I don't want them to think I'm in a bad mood. Every day I walk in those doors, I'm in a good mood. I'm ready to go. Um, I love seeing all those kids. Um, 3D coaching helped me be a better coach, a better teacher, a better father, a better brother, a better son. I use 3D coaching with my fourth grade youth football team. I use 3D coaching when I talk to my sons about life, my daughters about life. I use 3D coaching when I'm in my marriage. You know, I don't just look at my wife and go, man, she's beautiful. I look at my wife and go, she's beautiful, she's got a great mind, she's got a great personality, she's so responsible, and her soul is one of the greatest things that I've ever been around. That's what I use 3D coaching for. 3D coaching is my lifestyle. It's not my coaching style. And if you really buy into that, you really buy into 3D coaching, you can, you can change a lot of things in your life for the better and more positive. Um, I mean, 3D coaching is basically this. Things that are happening around you that are negative, they have a positive impact somehow. You lost a game. Well, the positive impact is I've got to work harder. I've got to study more film. You know what you have to fix. But it's getting people to believe in that that the 3D Coaching Institute helps you do. I can tell a kid you got to watch more film. You know, that's that bottom level. I can tell them, you have to watch more film. You have to go out and run more. You have to get your footwork better. But if I tell them, I want you to believe in yourself, like now we're at that top level. You know, now we've gone all three levels and we're at that top level and we're coaching their soul and we're telling them, if you don't believe in yourself, then this is never gonna work. That's how I use it. Um, and not, like I say, not just in coaching, it's in my everyday life.